Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hash It Out. This is your co-host Deborah, and I am with Chelsea today. In honor of Women's History Month, today's topic is my body, my choice, and other issues of bodily autonomy. However, it is important to state that the topics of bodily autonomy that will be discussed in this episode apply to all genders. But since both of us are women, that is a perspective that will be expressed throughout this episode. So first, we'll begin by laying down a small foundation and talking about what bodily autonomy is. So in case you didn't know, bodily autonomy is the right for a person to govern what happens to their body without external influence or coercion. And my body, my choice is a feminist slogan used in several countries, most often surrounding issues of bodily autonomy and abortion. Feminists usually defend an individual's right of self-determination over their bodies for sexual, marriage, and reproductive choices as rights. So our first topic for today will be about abortion, and I'll go ahead and let Chelsea talk to us a little bit about what the difference is between pro-life and pro-choice. So in the pro-life versus pro-choice um, debacle, if you will, um, those who are pro-life uh, genuinely agree that abortion is wrong. Um, and then there are those who are pro-choice who are for the bodily autom- autonomy of women. Um, the common argument for people who are pro-life is that they don't care about the child after the child is born. Um, there's no consideration for the life circumstances of that parent that will affect the child. So existing health conditions that might lead to high-risk pregnancies or increased risk of a mis- miscarriage or birth defects and genetic diseases the age of the person who was pregnant, the circumstances in which that person became pregnant, and the ability to raise the child, or just the fact that some people simply just don't want kids, and that is absolutely okay. Religion, which is also another common argument tactic used during the topic of abortion, um, one's religious beliefs should never dictate the life decisions of another person. Um, abortion is never an easy decision. It's always difficult to make, and it's hard. It's already hard enough without being called a murderer. Um, So, Deborah, let's talk about it. The common argument that you mentioned that people are pro-life until a child is born and then they don't care what happens to the child. And then the different like circumstances that you mentioned. I kind of want to elaborate on those some more. Um, So, for example, the age of the person who is pregnant. So that can go on either end of like the spectrum so you could be someone who is way too young to have children i know that um there are cases where there are cases of you know child rape and child sexual mm-hmm. assault and that child becomes pregnant and do you really expect a 10 year old to have a kid or a 12 year old to have a kid right or even as teenagers in teen pregnancy i feel like that teenager shouldn't feel pressured by society to be called a murderer because they're not ready to have kids. They have their whole life ahead of them. That is definitely a decision that is theirs to make, not society's. And then on the other other end, people who are too old to have kids, not that, you know, like they're old, but there are increased chances of miscarriages and complications with birth when people are older. And it is definitely someone's right to say, I don't want to have a kid at this age. Maybe they already had kids Mm -hmm. and their kids are already adults themselves. And they're like, I already had kids. I already had the experience. I don't want it again. They are more than welcome to say, no, I don't want to have this child right now. So one phrase, and I absolutely agree that, but one phrase that actually just infuriates me when I hear people say it is that, well, if women don't want to get pregnant, then maybe they shouldn't have sex or maybe they should get their tubes tied. That's your own fault. Pause. 
what I do in my personal sex life is none of your business. If I wanted to have sex, I didn't want to get a pregnancy out of that. That had those two don't correlate, babe. I'm sorry. Um, so and then the part about getting your tubes tied if you don't want children. Why don't men get vasectomies? Because those are very much reversible. You're telling me to make a permanent decision with my body is none. First of all, excuse you. Second of all, when we talk about men getting vasectomies, then everybody's in a hissy fit. Well, you can't tell them what to do with their bodies. You can't tell me what to do with mine either. Um, and I also think that this idea of abortion is solely rooted in patriarchy. Like this idea of just wanting women to have children, like it's my body. If I choose not to have children, which will be in our next topic, that's my decision. And if I feel like I am not capably financial, emotionally, and physically ready to raise that child, then why would I want to bring that human in the world knowing that it's not going to have its best chance at life because I'm not physically, mentally, emotionally ready and capable to do that? That's not fair to that human. And here's that thing about pro-life that irritates me is the hypocrisy in it. A lot of people who are pro-life are pro-life at conception through, through the pregnancy, but then after that child is born... Where are you pro-lifers for the million of children that are in the foster care system? Where are you pro-lifers for the million of babies that are still in cages at the border? Where are you pro-lifers for the million of black and brown children who are killed every day at the hands of police brutality that we don't see on TV? Where are pro-lifers now? So it's like I'm not bashing y'all for y'all personal beliefs. For me, would I personally get an abortion? No, I wouldn't do that. But here's the thing. as a And a lot of people... And as I've already previously stated, a lot of people like to use their religious beliefs. Leave religion out of it. I, I identify as a Christian, but my religious beliefs have nothing to do with how I feel about other women. I'm pro-choice. And here's another thing. A lot of people think that pro-choice means, oh, you're you're pro-abortion, you're pro-murder. No, I'm pro-mind your own business and pay mind the business that pays you. And if you don't have any businesses paying you, go find some. That's how I personally feel about it. I just think that there's a lot of hypocrisy that goes into being pro-life and people need to educate themselves, like really sit down and educate yourself. Because as you've already previously stated, there are so many factors that go into why a lot of women don't want to don't want to have children like. Let's trigger warning. Let's talk about sexual abuse. Like, why would I want a child to know that the conception of them came from something so tragic like and I commend women who still bring that child into this world but if a woman chooses not to do that because of the trauma that that will be for her but not only for her for that child then kudos to you sis for making that mature decision no matter how hard it was like let's go to the next topic <laughs> yeah and before we do move on I do want to um I do want to bring up another point that you kind of just reminded me of when you were talking about how, you know, the argument that people have that if you don't want to have kids, don't have sex. And the whole the the idea of like of like birth control methods, condoms, pills, those can fail sometimes. And Absolutely. that is 
that is not your fault. Absolutely. So people are always like, oh, well, if you didn't want to have kids, you should have taken care of yourself. You don't know if that person was taking care of themselves. You don't know if it was a a faulty condom, Mm -hmm. if they had something with their medication that made it not work. You don't know what happened. For all you know, that person was taking care of themselves and it just didn't work. Right. So people, accidents happen. And just because of one mistake or because one thing didn't work out the way it was supposed to, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that all of a sudden your entire life has to change. Absolutely. And on that note, moving on to the next topic is um, kind of going back to the idea that some people just simply don't want to have kids, and that is okay. In fact, recent generations are having less and less children, and there are several reasons for that. Mm-hmm. For example, there is the expensive cost of living and the expense of having a baby. There is the fact that some people just want to focus on the relationships. Um, And then there's, of course, the world we live in today. There's the political climate. There's um, climate change. The fact that some of our political leaders in this world don't even believe that that's a thing that's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many factors that people consider when it comes to creating life. And they look at the world around them. They see their situations. They see what they have to go through. And they're like, I do not want to bring a child into a world Mm -hmm. like this. Or just the fact that they don't want to have kids. Maybe they don't like kids or they don't think they'll be a good parent. Or, of course, there's also like a consideration of existing chronic conditions, which can increase the potential for difficult pregnancies. There are people who have genetic diseases that they know will be passed on to their child and they don't want their child to suffer what they've suffered Mm -hmm. or what they've seen their parents suffer. There are several reasons why people decide that they don't want to have kids. Mm -hmm. And more power to them. I have friends that don't want to have kids and that's okay. I respect their decision. You don't want to have kids in your future? Okay. Right. Don't have kids in your future. I don't know. What do you think about that, Chelsea? Um, so personally for me, I want children. I want seven. Um, and a lot of people are like, you want seven kids? They're not all by natural. They're not all natural. I personally want to adopt um, just because I know there are so many babies in the foster system um, that deserve a home. Like, they do. Um, so I personally do want kids. But I have had several friends that have said, several friends that have said, I don't want children. And I respect them for that. Look, first of all, like you said, it is expensive raising a child. And for us adult people, uh, for us adults who are Gen Z, we can barely afford to take care of ourselves in this world that we live in. You want me to take care of a child too? I'm living off of ramen noodles and Kool-Aid jammers. And you want me to buy formula and diapers and a crib when I can barely afford to feed myself, and I think that's another thing that a lot of people don't think about, is you rather me bring a child into this world that I cannot afford to take care of, that nine times out of ten, because it's a black or brown baby, is going to end up in the foster system because, if you notice, white babies are at a higher chance of being adopted before a black or brown baby. Um, you want me to bring a child in this world that nine times out of ten, the world is not going to care about because they are black or brown. You want me to bring a child into this world that's not going to be fully taken care of? That is incredibly selfish for your own agenda. Like, there are some people that just cannot take care of children, and that's okay. So if they know that they are not capable, and like I've said before um, in the topic we were talking about during abortion, if they know that they are not capable of taking care of that child, and they choose not to have children because of that, that is absolutely okay. Another thing, being black and brown in this world is a is a whole nother reason why a lot of people do not want to have kids. I actually had a friend who said, I'm not having a child for the simple fact that I am a black woman who could bring a black son or black daughter in this world. And that terrifies me 
because of the political and social climate that we live in, because of the fact that black and brown people die at a consistent rate at the hands of police. Why would I want to bring a child into this world knowing that I could lose my child just simply because of the color of their skin? Like, why would I want to do that? Not to mention, we have political leaders that are just freaking idiots. Like, why would I want to bring a child into this world that's going to live in this country? Because, look, I can't afford to move out of the country. That's just <laughs> that's just what it is. I'm graduating college with debt, so I can't afford to move out of the country. So why would I want to bring a child into this world, into this country that that barely cares about their mama? Don't well, let's put it this way. Don't care about their mama. Definitely not going to care about them. Like, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do that? Yeah, and um, going back to to something you mentioned about how you want to have kids, that's definitely something you want to do. I personally, I do not want to have kids of my own Mm -hmm. because as I was telling you earlier today, I have um, PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So if you didn't know, now you know. And it is actually one of the most common causes of infertility in a woman. And while I am not 100% sure that I am infertile, whether or not I am physically able to become pregnant, I do not want to have that child. Mm-hmm. Because women with polycystic ovarian syndrome are at a higher risk for certain problems or complications during pregnancy. In addition, infants born to mothers with PCOS are at a higher risk of spending time in the neonatal intensive care unit or the NICU or dying before, during, or right after birth. And I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I can mentally handle the idea of becoming attached to a child in my uterus just for it to die, either during or after it is born. And also, women, like adding on to that, women with PCOS are three times more likely to miscarry their child. And then, in addition to that, those that children has a risk uh, that child has a risk of being born with birth defects. Mm-hmm. And I don't want my child to suffer if I have one. And I don't want myself to suffer because there's also risk that I could die in the process of that pregnancy. So I decided right from the start when I when I found out what PCOS was and that I had it, I'm not going to have kids of my own. If I become pregnant, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mama. I know you want to have grandchildren, but that is not going to be mine. Mm-hmm. It's not going to have my blood in its vein. If I ever decide later in the in my future that I want to have kids, I am 100% going to adopt. And that doesn't make you any less of a mother. I think there's also this idea that adoption is just this weird thing. Like, if you adopt, then that's not really your child. I've always said, and, you know, I, both of my parents are biologically mine, but I've also had family. I have a cousin who mother is a whose mother adopted him like and that woman has raised him since the time he was a baby a baby being a mother does not mean you just give birth to that child and that makes you a mom being a mother is being there for that child 24 7 whether the child is sick happy sad mad in trouble the top a top a student in his class or the worst student in his class being a mother is being there for that child even after that child is long gone and out of your house being a mother does not stop whether you are biologically that child's mother or not so like this idea that because you adopt a child that's not your child if you will um biology means absolutely nothing in this world if, you, if people haven't figured that out by now biology absolutely means nothing um so yeah just that um but also talking about fighting this idea that a woman's purpose is to have children which is absolutely in patriarchy and this idea of what it means to be 
to be a woman to what this idea of femininity, I can never say that word right, what this idea of femininity is. Um, I actually just went to a, um, excuse me, I actually just went to a an event by the Epsilon Kappa chapter of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated at Purdue University, and they had this event called What is What is Womanhood? And one of the things that we talked about is this idea of being barefoot pregnant in the kitchen is rooted solely in patriarchy and what this idea is to be a woman in America. Um, and that is solely to be submissive to your husband, to have as many kids as your ch- husband wants, and that's it. You don't have a life outside of that. In 2015, Pope Francis even said that the choice to not have children is selfish. Selfish to whom? Selfish to whom? Because, and I don't want to sound redundant during this episode, but like I said, if I am not financially, emotionally, mentally, and physically ready to have a child, best believe I'm not going to have one because it's not fair to me and it's definitely not fair to that child to bring a that is selfish bring a child into the world knowing that you are not ready to give your all to that child and then that child grows up repeating this cycle of emotional mental mental and sometimes physical abuse because if you notice a lot of children that suffer physical abuse from their parents their parents were not ready to have those kids or did not want them so why would I bring why would I do that to a child That is selfish, bringing a child into the world, knowing that you're not ready for them. Yeah, and another issue that comes up when people say that they don't want to have children, um, one that I've seen a lot of posts online about, actually, is people who say they are child-free, that they don't want to have kids ever in their life, going to the doctor to be sterilized, to either get a vasectomy or hysterectomy or whatever, and the doctor's just straight out refusing to give them one. Like, if someone goes to you and says, hey, I want this procedure done, best believe that person has thought through that because that isn't a small decision to make. You are literally changing your body so that you never have to make the decision to have an abortion or you never have to tell someone else if you're like a man or or you're someone who impregnated someone else. You never have to tell them that they need to have an abortion because you don't want to have kids. So. There's this issue where people are going into these doctor's offices and they're refusing to sterilize these people who obviously don't want to have kids saying things like you're too young to make the decision. Mm-hmm. My argument for that is, OK, but when we're in high school, we had to decide what we want to do with our lives. But you can't decide at the age of like 20 something that you don't want to have kids in your life. That, that don't make sense to me. Right. Or sometimes they say that, oh, we can't give you that procedure because you are still of childbearing age. Again, I already, like that person had already made the decision, hey, I don't want to have children in my life. That means they acknowledge the fact that they are physically able to have that child, but they don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that is a decision that is up to the patient, not the doctor. And moving on, for time's sake, we are going to talk about virginity as a social structure. And I just want to start out um, by saying that keeping the hymen intact before sex is a myth and it is medically inaccurate. Um, <laughs> so it is virginity in general is based on patriarchal concepts. In fact, the idea of bodily autonomy everywhere is patriarchal um, in society. That is how they view it from a patriarchal st- standpoint. So, again, Keeping the hymen intact is a myth. The hymen could break for literally anything. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a thin layer 
that can break. That can break. (laughs) And it doesn't necessarily have to be by, you know, penetration. Mm -hmm. The idea of virginity, it perpetrates shame Mm -hmm. on people. And also, can we just, you know, point out the fact that virginity is very heteronormative? Yes, absolutely. Um, So the conventional definition of virginity, it's completely heteronormative. You lose your virginity when you have penetrative vaginal sex with a penis. Vaginal sex is the only sex legitimized in modern society, Mm -hmm. but this alienates LGBTQ plus folks and deems the value of sex within the LGBTQ plus community as less than and not legitimate. I would also like to say that whether you're a virgin or not doesn't make you any less of a woman. Like, I think this idea of wanting this pure, wholesome little girl, that's weird. That's weird. I'm sorry you're hearing this from me now. If I get in trouble for saying that, you know, oh, well, that's weird. That's weird. And, like, I'm a virgin. I don't have no problem saying that. Like, I don't care. I have no problem saying that. I'm a virgin. But, like, this idea of wanting this pure, wholesome little girl, that's weird. That's weird because nine times out of ten, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, peep everybody. Nine times out of ten, you're gonna find a woman that's not a virgin anymore, and that's okay because that's her body, her sexual choice. Like, what is this idea of men, and not even just men? So let me let me cut that part. What is this idea of both men and women, and nine times out of ten, it's conservative men and women that just love Paul patrolling people's bodies like what what is this idea and also like even when you think of like men who are who are still virgins people feel like that makes them less of a man because dude why haven't you lost your virginity yet why is that any of your business why what 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 if i'm saving myself for marriage what if i'm just not ready emotionally and mentally to have sex yet like whether or not somebody is a virgin is none of your business at all The only person's virginity or lack thereof, whatever, that you should be worried about is your own. Is your own. And if it ain't yours, don't worry about it. Which brings me to my next topic about T.I. and his daughter, Deja. I'm actually glad that we're going to talk about this. Um, So if y'all don't remember, I think it was last year, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, it was in 2019, I believe, like late 2019. So almost two years ago, T.I., Tip Harris... Clifford Harris, Clifford Tip Harris, got on the radio and said that he goes to his daughter, who was 18 at the time, I think, um, go, still goes to his daughter's doctor's appointments and asked the doctor to check her hymen so he can know if she's a virgin or not. And here's, that goes just goes back to the pe- part that everybody thinks they're a doctor without going to medical school um, and just thinks that because the hymen hasn't been broken yet, that you're a virgin. No. Because, I mean, there are plenty of women who are no longer virgins and their hymen wasn't broken. Like, let's talk about it. Um, After receiving a lot of backlash, he never really apologized for it at all. Never really apologized to the public that he offended. Never apologized to his daughter. Him and his daughter actually do not have a good relationship now because of that. Like, that truly embarrassed her. But I think it just goes back to that idea that you brought up, brought up, um, Deborah, that virginity is solely rooted in this patriarchal society that we live in. Um, For her own father to do that, like, I never had those type of conversations with my dad because I just thought it was just like, 
that's my dad, you know? My dad would try to have those conversations with me, but it's like, nah, bro, we not, <laughs> we're not talking about that. If I'm gonna talk about anybody, if I'm gonna talk about that with anybody, it's gonna be my mama. I'm not talking about that with you. I just think this idea of men trying to police women's bodies, sir, we do not biologically have the same body parts. My body parts work different than yours. My body parts are of no concern to you. And I get that that's her dad, but like that baby was 18 years old, a full grown adult. Like that was none of your business. And then for you to have the audacity, the gall even, to get on the radio where millions of people heard this and tell your daughter's personal business, who are you? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Seriously. Yeah, I definitely agree. When I saw that, I was, I felt so bad for Deja. And like, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to give her pity or anything like that because she is a strong woman and I respect her a lot for the decision she made to, um, to talk about this with people after her, her dad just aired her, all her dirty laundry out there. Literally. Like he literally just, he, he put her on blast with that. He's literally talking about his own daughter's body like you you want your daughter to be a pure virgin you're checking her every year but you're willing to put on air all of the things that relate to her body wait actually it's not all of her things technically but you know what i mean oh no yeah i definitely get what you're saying and the point is he had absolutely no right to do what he did absolutely no right and like i'm not one to talk about people's family dynamics to judge anybody's family dynamics but me personally john fitzpatrick senior john alton fitzpatrick senior sorry daddy i'm putting your whole government out there would never would never would never and don't get me wrong i've had to definitely educate my dad on a couple of things but my dad would never go that far and then for you to get on the radio like it was bad enough that you were doing it in private in the privacy of between you deja and her doctor but then you get on the air and say something about it like, that's any of your business. And then a couple of months later proceeded to say that he, stand, he spends time with his daughters as thought prevention hours. And if y'all don't know what thought means, I this is a student-ran podcast, so I'm not going to say what that means, but look it up on Urban Dictionary. Um, meanwhile, his son, who was, I want to say when he said that, I want to say his son was like maybe 16 or 17 at the time. His son was running around with every other girl in Atlanta. That's not my business because that's not my child. But it's like if you're going to hold your daughters to one standard, hold your son to the same one. Let's not also forget that T.I. is going through a lot of legal stuff right now, dealing around sexual assault and stuff. My point is with that is that his par parenting is very hypocritical to me. It's why I do not respect him as a person um, because he just does not hold his children to the same standards. And I think that's a really big problem within our society, especially um, for me personally being a black woman. I think that's a big problem within the black community when it comes to black parenting is that we do not hold our daughters and our sons to the same standard when it comes to um, when it just comes to anything in period. I'm not just even going to talk about sex, but when it comes to anything in period, we do not hold our daughters and our sons to the same concept. I remember growing up, um, if my brother did something and I tried to do the same thing, well, your brother's a boy. He can do that. I remember arguing about my curfew with my parents when I was like maybe 18 years old. And I was like, well, Johnny got to stay out till, I don't even remember what time it is. But I was like, Johnny got to stay out till whatever time. And my mama was like, well, he's a boy. And 
and and I fight like a man. So what's the problem? Like if anybody tried me, it's it's just gonna be an issue. Um, I just think that it's this very hypocritical thing when it comes to parenting. And I don't know how it is for you being um, a Latinx woman, but I know for me being a black woman, this, um, especially in the black community, this idea of parenting when it comes to daughters and sons is very hypocritical sometimes. As far as like my identity as a Latina woman, it's definitely very similar. Mm-hmm. The The boys can get away with a lot of things. I mean, not my brother, because my mama hella strict, but um, <laughs> um, even like my my if you y'all don't know my brother actually lives in Honduras so my mom raised him from miles away um with help from her parents but even even miles away my mama had that boy on a tight leash like she held him to the same standard she holds us mm-hmm. so tons of respect for my mother for not you know like you said allowing for that difference between her children. She said, all my children are equal regardless of what they got between their legs. She says, <laughs> she said, she, she's been having so many arguments with my, with my brother when we were growing up. I'd always listen to them on the phone arguing because my brother definitely growing up in a Latin, you know, country, he was surrounded by those patriarchal ideas. Mm-hmm. And my mom shot those down so quick. Like, one time he complained that my older sister was being lazy because she wasn't cooking him his meals or doing his laundry and stuff like that. And my mom said, look, boy, that piece you got between your legs don't prevent you from washing a dish or cooking a meal or putting your clothes to wash. I know, that's right. And it, there was just so many instances like that where my brother had this idea because of the environment he was surrounded by and my mom shut that down real quick and I think that's something that all parents should do Mm -hmm. because like you said the fact that that girls and boys are treated differently by their by their parents that that don't sit right and as far as um what you said about how when it comes to virginity and airing that stuff out and shaming people for their virginity or lack thereof that brings us to our next topic which is sex workers And sex work is itself a very diverse industry that encompasses more than just having sex for money. Um, That is a common industry misconception due to a lack of knowledge. So sex work encompasses dancing, companionship, role-playing pictures, and more for monetary gain. And there is a clear and blatant prejudice and discrimination of, specifically, women sex workers. And that prejudice is due to, again, patriarchy's standards for women only to be used for sex when a man says that you are to be used for sex. Mm -hmm. And a woman deciding for herself that she wants to use her body however she wants doesn't fit the criteria for patriarchy. It gives women too much power. And many of us possess a bias ingrained in our psyche that encourages us to look down on sex workers that come from a number of different places like sexism, internalized misogyny, and all too often jealousy. I just have one simple thing to say when it comes to that. A lot of people will look down on sex workers, but will pay for all the things that a sex worker does. What? The hypocrisy in that is baffling. Like the patriarchy, the idiocy is coming out of you, literally. Like if it's such a crime against humanity, it just hurts your heart so freaking bad. Stop paying for it. Stop watching it. Stop going to OnlyFans. Like, come on now. Be a, be a person of your word. I will keep saying this continuously. Like, they can put it on my tombstone if they will. What a woman does with her body is none of your business. None of your business. 
also going to put this out there in case y'all didn't this didn't become clear to y'all sex workers deserve same respect as everyone else come on And the criminalization of sex workers actually puts them in danger. The criminalization exposes sex workers to abuse and exploitation by law enforcement officials, such as police officers. Human Rights Watch has documented that in criminalized environments, police officers harass sex workers, extort bribes, and physically and verbally abuse sex workers or even rape or coerce sex from them. So not only is their work stigmatized by society, it also puts them in danger. Mm -hmm. So, again, there there's that whole patriarchy concept where you're telling a woman what she can do or can't do with her body. And when she makes a decision about what she wants, when she makes that decision, she's in danger for it. Suddenly she is less of a human and you could do whatever you want with her. No. You're preaching. And just because they are sex workers doesn't mean that you get to exploit them. Absolutely. Just because they're sex workers, again, doesn't mean that they don't deserve respect. And it doesn't mean that they don't deserve protection. Mm -hmm. Sex work doesn't mean that they are tools for you to use when you want to get off. That is not what that means. They have the right to be protected. And that's all we're going to say on that. I think we should move on. (laughs) I think we should move on to the next topic, which is body hair. So the choice to shave or wax hair should come from within in and not something to be shamed into not by society significant others or anyone else um it's normal for your body to have hair that's just how the good lord above made us um not just on your head or your eyebrows but also your armpits your legs your toes your nose your fingers your arms under your belly button everywhere just because it is stigmatized does not mean it is not normal in fact i say that the fact that it is stigmatized is actually abnormal because the body hair is to protect you and your skin evolution wise your hair serves a purpose um everybody everybody's body is different and that's the beauty in I don't know if y'all believe in God, but for those who do, that is the beauty in how God created us. It's like all of our bodies are different. Um, and having more hair doesn't make you less of a woman. Having less hair doesn't make you less of, a, less of a man. And getting back to this part about people who don't shave, that makes you dirty or unclean. Like, what is it about my body that you are so concerned about? Like, mind your own. But there's something my grandmama used to always say, um, and if that makes me an old spirit at heart, then that's fine. But sweep your own porch before you worry about mine. Okay, child? Like, you all in my Kool-Aid and don't even know the daggone flavor. Like, mind your business. If you're not buying me a razor and shaving cream in the expensive kind because I'm an expensive type of girl, mind your business. Mind your business. Like, seriously, I don't know why my hair bothers you. Nine times out of ten, you won't be able to see it. Why are you worried about me? You, you in the, you in the words of the great, you in my business, don't do that, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, and going back to the idea that having hair is is not hygienic, um, you're wrong. Literally, <laughs> it, you're it, wrong. <laughs> it actually is hygienic. And in fact, um, when it comes to like hair, it actually, like we said, it protects you. It protects you from infection. It protects you from, um, it could protect you from certain STDs. Mm -hmm. Like having hair down there is okay. Right. Like, like you said, it is there for a reason. And um, bottom line, if you're clean, your pubes will be too. Okay. And if you're not, a Brazilian wax isn't going to help you. That part. So let's just put that out there. Um, 
So, at the end of the day, we want to clarify whether or not you shave your hoo-ha. It does not make you dirty. It does not make you clean. And it is 100% up to you. Up to you. Up to you. <laughs> um, and kind of going back to a point you made before, that having more hair does not make you less of a woman and having less hair does not make you a man. What? <laughs> Hold on. It, having less hair doesn't make you having less hair doesn't make you less of a man there you go that's the word yeah. <laughs> um 100 percent agree because while we are talking about body care from a woman's perspective where we feel pressure from society mm-hmm. to be completely bald everywhere even though that is not how we were made we were born with hair Period. okay our bodies are meant to have hair it is there to protect us i'm going to come at you from a biological standpoint that is why it is there if you decide to get it removed if you decide to have it shaved wax whatever whatever your deal is that is up to you but your hair was there for a reason um and when you shave you just got to find other ways to make up for the things that your hair's purpose is no longer serving that's literally all it is but I want to go back to this idea, kind of stepping away from the woman's perspective. The fact that not only does society shame women for having body hair, but but sometimes they be shaming men for not having it. Mm-hmm. And it, it is not just a woman's thing, okay? Yes, we are women, and we are talking about the woman's perspective in this podcast. But mm-hmm. men, if you do not have enough hair, that is that is because that is how God made your body. Right. And that is okay. Again, reiterating Having more hair does not make you less of a woman, and having less hair does not make you less of a man. Um, moving on, kind of just to finish up the episode, we want to talk about one last topic, which, going back to the title of this podcast, My Body, My Choice, um, with the whole COVID thing happening, I don't know if you know about this, um, Chelsea, but anti-maskers have actually appropriated the mm-hmm. phrase, My Body, My Choice, to them not wearing masks so why don't you tell us how you feel about that stupid dumb idiot flabbergasting annoying moronic dumb i don't think i can find any other words to describe how idiotic that sounds my body my choice and wearing a mask are two totally different things and it's often the same people who don't want to wear a mask who say my body my choice are the same ones that are saying i can't wait till this pandemic is over i want to go to a concert i want to do this i want to do that i don't want to stay six feet apart six feet apart from my family then wear the dang mask that has my body my choice has nothing to do with wearing a mask we're in this pandemic we're still in this pandemic because people don't want to wear a mask. Like, I just, I literally get frustrated talking about it because it's like wearing this mask protects people, protects people's body, protects people's choices when it concerns their body. You doing the opposite of that, like, defeats the whole purpose of everything. So just, yeah, yeah. And then my thing is my body, my choice. Um, Yes, it is your body that is going to be wearing a mask, Mm -hmm. but it is not the choice of other people to catch your germs. Come on now. So, yes, you are wearing a face mask, but that is to protect other people and yourself. It is not just about you. It is about the world. It is about the people around you. It is about your family. It is about the families of other people. It is not just a you thing. And then another thing that comes to mind with uh, My Body, My Choice um, from anti-maskers 
anti-maskers are usually pro-life. But what is pro-life about not wearing a mask and exposing so many people to a deadly virus? Come what is now. pro-life about that? Come on now, this is a hypocrisy for me. It, it just don't make any sense. So um, in case you didn't know, yes, anti-maskers have tried to appropriate the term my body, my choice. But yeah, it don't work like that. Um, that being said, I think we're going to go ahead and end this episode here. Mm-hmm. Um, Chelsea, do you have any final thoughts? Your body isn't your body. Love it. Take care of it. Don't let anyone tell you how to use it. I want to leave you with a quote by Samira Rahim. I don't, a lot of people may not know her, but I remember her video going viral um, back in like 2017, I believe. Uh, 2018, actually. Um, she was at Amber Rose's Slut Walk. And this guy, um, he's a, he is a troll. He calls himself a journalist, but he's a troll. Um, and he asked her, so you call yourself a slut? And she was like, yes, because a slut is a term that men made up to shame women. Um, And one of the things that she said is because I own my body. My body is not a political playground. It's not a place for legislation. It is mine and it's my future. Your body is not a political playground. Love your body the way it is. Take care of your body how you want to because it's not for legislation. It's yours. It's your future. Um, And happy International Women's Day. Um, We're recording this on International Women's Day, so it's not going to come out then. But this comes out this month, right, in March. So happy happy National Women's Month then. Thank you, Chelsea. And um, again, I agree with everything Chelsea said. Your body is yours. That's the whole point of this episode. In case you didn't get that point by this time, you know, just go back and just listen to it again because you missed something. Um, And... Some final thoughts that I want to leave y'all with is, again, I want to reiterate that bodily autonomy applies to all genders, not just women. Any gender can choose to be child-free, doesn't deserve to be judged by their virginity or lack thereof, and can have as little or as much body hair as they do without being stigmatized for it. That being said, we're going to leave it here. Stay safe out there.